When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back to our, what is this, our fourth episode now? Yeah, it's our fourth episode of Reaction Time. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Visser. It is a Wednesday. It is a good Wednesday because we have a lot of exciting things to talk about with Iowa State Wrestling, who are officially ranked number five in the country. They had themselves a great weekend um, down in Oklahoma back-to-back wins over Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Ben, how are you today? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Jackie. I am wonderful. Um, yeah, like you said, Iowa State, now a top five wrestling team in the country. Last time they ranked that high was Kevin Jackson's first year in 2009 and 10, where they started the season preseason number two. Um, consequently, that was also the last time that Iowa State swept both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So, the argument could be made. This is the best weekend Iowa state has had since 2009 and 10. So, um, fantastic weekend. We can start in chronological order with Oklahoma. Um, that was a dual Iowa state controlled from the beginning and it, they looked really, really good. They, uh, I, I remembered this as you were talking, but you know, they had such a good weekend, uh, and we'll touch on Oklahoma state after Oklahoma, but the photo that I would say wrestling's uh, Twitter put out uh, the photo of dresser, you know, they were joking about it, but him being escorted out by a policeman. <laughs> yes. You know, that tells you just how good Kevin dresser was feeling himself on Sunday, but um, no, yeah, it was a really great weekend. Um, Oklahoma, like we said last week, definitely a match that can swing and, different directions, depending which Oklahoma team shows up. And fortunately for Iowa state, they just did their job. They had a really good, um, I would say top to bottom overall, except with a disappointing loss for Tyson Tarakina, his first loss of the season. But overall, I, you know, continue to be impressed with them. Um, again, it was one of those where the final score was higher than I had anticipated. No, absolutely. They definitely won by a wider margin than I expected. And I think a lot of people expected too. Um, Iowa state had some good, I don't know if you want to call them upsets, but some really good wins. You mentioned Oklahoma being a, a very, um, inconsistent team. Like there's gonna be weekends where they're going to pin half the guys on the opposing team. There's gonna be weekends where they just don't have it together. Um, Ramazan Adesaev at 133 beat number 14, Anthony Madrigal four to one. And Madrigal is one of those guys where he can, he can beat anyone in the country, but he can also get beat by anyone in the country. So in fact, Ramazan was one of them to beat him. I think that was really impressive. Um, and then Joel Devine got Anthony Mantinona at 174 beat him three to two. And I think that's exactly how you want to wrestle a guy like Anthony Mantinona, Kevin Dresser said this, I actually filled in for you. I think we should talk about this. I filled in for you for interviews last week. 
Um, so I got to go back in the wrestling room and talk to the dresser and some of the wrestlers. So that was a fun little throwback for me. But, um, when I talked to the dresser, he's like, yeah, Mantinona's the guy who's going to try to pin you in every situation. If Mantinona's on bottom, he's trying to get a pin. So he just, Mantinona's mind works differently. So the fact, Joel Devine, he clearly controlled that match. He made sure Mantinona wasn't going to try to get to one of his pin holds, won that match three to two. I think that was, um, a really, really good match for, um, Joel Devine. I do appreciate seeing Joel Devine kind of stand out a little bit. I feel like he'd been kind of under the radar. You know, they had him and, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on his name. This Julian is bad. Broderson. Yes, Julian Broderson, um, you know, swapping them around to see who's going to get it. So it was pretty exciting to see, you know, where that weight class stands. Um, so, yeah, definitely good win for him. Um, another good weekend for Marcus Coleman. Yeah. who has become a, just like a key guy. And I think the thing about Marcus, like we said last week, he just flipped a switch of, he wanted to be good, but I think it's really important that when you look at the roster, you know, it's not just David. I think Marcus is next to David in terms of consistency and bringing wins to the team. And I think that's huge. Um, when he looks into going into March. Absolutely. We'll talk about this more um, in the Oklahoma state when we get to that, because Marcus Coleman faced a two-time all American in that match, but Marcus Coleman has cemented himself as an all American candidate for Iowa state this year. He has been, like you said, incredibly consistent. He has the wins. He has quality wins. He beat um, number 26, Darian Roberts from Oklahoma this last weekend, 13 to five. So it was a convincing win. It's what you want to see. I don't think he gave up a takedown. I think um, those are probably all escapes from Roberts. So really good win from him. David Carr, he won three to one against Justin Thomas. I didn't see the match. Um, I was busy renovating my kitchen. So I unfortunately <laughs> didn't see that match, but um, I think you did watch the match. What, what was that specific match like between um, Carr and Thomas? Was it one of those where Justin Thomas was just trying to slow the match down as much as possible? Do you remember? Yeah. In the first period, David got the takedown and that was all that happened in there. Um, in the third period Carr actually got called for, um, a stall. Really? Yeah. So if that, <laughs> that tells you what kind of neither <laughs> that was, uh, stall calls. Gotta love them this season. Um, so I guess, yeah, I, I said this after the Oklahoma state wine, but I just had a feeling that David wasn't going to come out of this weekend without a major win, um, major decision win, I should say. And so I guess on Friday it was kind of surprising that it was just a three to one win. Um, if you go back and look at the match, uh, scoring of it, it was literally the takedown in the first period. And then in the, Second period, uh, Carr was on top, and there was really nothing to it. Um, Thomas escaped. I think there was not very much time left, and then they went into the third, and Carr was on bottom and escaped. Yeah, all right. So, uneventful. Yeah, to say the least. I think the, the last notable win for Iowa State in that Oklahoma match was Isaac Judge beating Joe Grello. Joe Gorello is one of those guys who's on the outskirts of being ranked and judge beat him eight to four. So that's a good win for judge. We'll see if he can climb up into that NCAA qualifier territory. If he does, that'd be really big for Iowa state because right now I think 
him and Ramazan are the only two that are on the fringe of being NCAA qualifier or getting an NCAA qualifier spot. If they can both earn allocations for the big 12 tournament, we'll, we'll talk about allocations as the big 12 tournament rolls around, because for anyone that's new to wrestling or a casual fan allocations can be confusing. So we'll talk about that later. But um, if both those guys can get allocations, I'd mean all 10 guys get them and they'll obviously have to wrestle for those spots to be an NCAA qualifier, but getting all 10 guys qualified would be huge. So if Isaac judge can keep on trucking and see, maybe pick up a few more good wins here and there, that'd be big. And then Sam Schuyler beat another fringe top, top 30 guy and Josh Heinzelman five to three. So that was good for him. But um, a few, I don't want to call them disappointing necessarily, but um, a few losses that Iowa state took that I didn't necessarily expect. You mentioned at the beginning, Kyson Tarakina lost to Joey Prada six to five. That's one I expected Kyson to win. Jarrett Dagan lost to Willie McDonald, Willie McDougald, excuse me, um, <laughs> four to two in sudden victory. And Jarrett had a tough week and it, it's not like he wrestled poorly necessarily. Uh, things didn't just go, they didn't, they didn't go his way. And those things happen, especially when you wrestle how Jarrett Dagan wrestles. So I'm not too worried about him going forward. He should be fine. And then, um, younger Bastida lost to number 12, Jake Woodley, four to two. Um, last year, younger lost 12 to zero major decision to Jake Woodley. So he closed the gap, but that's one. I think if younger could wrestle it again, I think he'd be happy to, because I think he could, I don't see a reason why younger couldn't beat Jake. I don't see a reason why younger couldn't beat Jake Woodley. So. Well, and the drive that younger has as an athlete, I, I think it can be very cliche to say, oh, they hate losing. And I think I said that last week, but I think with him, when it comes to big 12s, when he will get to be in that situation again, I think his mindset will definitely be like, I'm going in there and I will kill you this time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's just one of those situations where it, it can, and I mean, they're about evenly mat, uh, matched up Woodley's mm-hmm. number 12. So yep. I definitely think he can swing it his way next time, especially as he continues to get more matches under his belt. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be one to watch going forward. Um, the Stephen Buchanan match from Wyoming is going to be one to look forward. The big 12 tournament at 197 is going to be incredible, especially if AJ Ferrari from Oklahoma state is able to make a recovery by then. Um, we talked about last week, how he was in a very bad accident, um, had to be life flight into the hospital. It sounds like he is out of the hospital now and back home resting. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give an update there, but if he's able to make a comeback this year, I don't know how likely that is, but if he's able to that one, any seven bracket at big 12s is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I, uh, to be honest with you, this weekend made me super excited for the Big 12s. Um, just to see what other teams are able to do over the reigning champions. It just makes me really excited that it's just going to be extremely competitive instead of just watching, you know, Oklahoma State plow through everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, in, in years past, it's been um, Oklahoma State versus the Big 12 All Stars in the finals for the Big 12 championships. And last year we saw that change. We started to see that change. Both Oklahoma and Oklahoma state tied for the big 12 tournament title. Iowa state was right there going into the finals. I think they were all three tied. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state got more matches. I think if my, if I remember correctly, if Ian Parker would have beat Dom Demas at 141, Iowa state would have then overtaken Oklahoma and tied with Oklahoma state for the top. So Iowa state was right there last year, this year, 
both you and I and Iowa state go down to Oklahoma and sweep the Oklahoma schools. So Iowa state, I think we knew was probably at that top end of the big 12, but now you and I has asserted themselves at the top of the big 12 Oklahoma state has shown themselves to be vulnerable. Oklahoma, it, it really just depends on how many pins they get. So, um, I don't, I don't right now. I'm not considering Oklahoma that serious of a contender this year. I think it's Iowa state, Oklahoma state, and you and I not necessarily in that order, but, um, no, the big 12 tournament's going to be fun and we can transition to Oklahoma state now, if you want, because that was, Ooh, boy, that was exciting. I, um, I would have loved to be there and see the grin on uh dresser's face because i can imagine he felt really good i think with iowa state for a while um for diehard fans you know we've watched him bring this team back from only having two wins yep. and that's been super exciting and i know for casual fans you know it iowa state has consistently improved every season but i have been desperately waiting for a standout win something to just really show where the program is going because it's great to see all these dual wins. It's great to have David Carr. It's I've enjoyed the senior class um, since I started covering them. Um, but this win is so big and it is so exciting because it had been 14 matches. Like you mentioned in the beginning, it was KJ's first season with the Cyclones and I mean, 14 matches. Can you imagine you're just sitting around constantly losing to them and you finally get the team that puts it, puts it to them. Yep. Yeah. They put it together top to bottom. I don't think anyone in that Iowa state, Oklahoma state match wrestled a bad match. I think they all top to bottom, all 10 guys wrestled well. And that is huge. If you're going to upset a team like Oklahoma state, which is traditionally the best or the second best program in wrestling history. I think, I don't think you're going to find much debate that it's Iowa, Oklahoma state, Iowa state as the three most historic programs. Um, Oklahoma state's right there with Iowa as the most historic program. So the fact that Iowa state was able to go down to Stillwater, able to go into Gallagher, Iowa arena and beat Oklahoma state convincingly is huge. And it started with Kyson Tarakina who lost a, a relatively disappointing match in, against Oklahoma. He beat number six, Trevor master Giovanni two to one. He rode him tough. He got escapes when he needed to, and he got a point for riding time. So, um, that really kicked things off well for Iowa state. Well, and when you look up and down the matches, uh, Oklahoma state was not able to swing the duel their way until, um, 174, I believe it was. Um, but it didn't even matter. It did not matter at that point. So, um, I would say definitely kept the momentum. It's, um, fun to watch how, even though, you know, they had the win at 133, which, and I mean, I'm not surprised it's number two date and fix against Ramazan. So, but, um, my fate personally, my favorite part of this, of course, wins, wins are wins. But the thing with losses in wrestling is that you can lose in a way that, um, helps your team. And mm -hmm. for people who might not watch wrestling aggressively, that might sound weird, but every single guy that lost the four losses on the duel were all kept at a decision. So Oklahoma state was unable to get any bonus points, which is just huge. I think a huge testament to Iowa state as a whole. Um, and then I can share my nugget 
that I have. Yes. In the entire duel, Oklahoma State only scored five takedowns, and Iowa State had 19. That's massive. That I think that's the perfect, the perfect encapsulation of how convincing this Iowa State win was against Oklahoma State. Because you can say, so we'll go to 197 as an example. Younger Bastida beat Gavin Sticka 18 to six. I think he had younger had eight takedowns in that match alone. Um, Gavin Sticka didn't score an offensive point. So younger Bastida won by major decision. That's four points. Iowa state beat Oklahoma state um, 20 to 12. Let's assume that AJ Fryer was healthy and he wrestled younger. So let's say AJ Ferrari, the best wrestler at 197. He won the national championship last year. Let's say he beats younger Bastida. So that's four points away for Iowa State. So suddenly Iowa State goes from 20 points to 16 points. Last year, when AJ Ferrari and younger Bastida wrestled, younger Bastida kept that match to decision. He lost five to two. So let's assume a similar thing happens. AJ Ferrari wins by decision. That means Oklahoma State goes from 12 team points to 15 team points. Even if AJ Fry wrestles for Oklahoma State, Iowa State would have won 16 to 15. So if you see someone on Twitter or the internet or in person or whatever saying, <laughs> oh, but Oklahoma State didn't have AJ Ferrari, tell them it didn't matter. Iowa State would have won that match, would have won the dual meet anyway, even if AJ Fry wrestled. Um, because Younger Bastida has proven himself to be a top end wrestler. And he, I don't he doesn't lose by bonus points often. And he hasn't lost opponents points this year. So um, no, that was a great match. Great dual meet for Iowa state. It shows how good and how quickly Iowa state has gotten good. Um, yeah. I think the only other thing that I really wanted to touch on from Oklahoma state and we'll let, I'll let you talk after this, but David Carr um, beat Wyatt sheets by major decision, 12 to three. And I know last week I went on a little bit of a rant saying Wyatt Sheets only wrestled from, he wrestled from a knee the entire match against David Carr last year. This year, Wyatt Sheets didn't wrestle from a knee. He wrestled him straight up and he got beat by bonus points. So that's my greater point I wanted to make there. Once the cards are on the table, you have to wrestle a guy straight up. Yeah, things don't go well for you. Well, then that marked uh, David's 47th straight win. I, um, I'm, I can be a superstitious sports fan. <laughs> and it just, it carries into sometimes the way I look at these guys when we're covering them. And it is really exciting to watch David keep hitting those uh, straight wins, but I am just so nervous because of the superstition, but he is extremely, extremely talented. He's not the number one guy in the nation for nothing. So I am looking forward to that 50th win when we get around to it, um, to go back. Oh, another thing that I noted, um, going back to the losing to help your team, um, both Ramazan and Isaac judge did not allow number two, Dayton fix and, uh, number six, Travis Whitlake to score at all in the first period. Mm. So if you're going to, if you're just truly outmatched and you can feel it's not going to go your way. Um, like I said, the best thing you can do is lose in a way that you only allow your opponent to score a six, six points, a decision, a decision win. So I think even though they lost and you always obviously want them to come out, I think it says a lot that they were able to keep two top five opponents, um, in that decision range and to hold them off in the first period without scoring at all. 
the announcers made a comment about if Dayton had ever not scored in the first period. And if someone has a lot of time on their hands and wants to go do that, they can definitely let me know. But I wouldn't be surprised if you went and did the math and looked it up that I'm sure Dayton has always scored. Yeah, absolutely. So. Dayton Fix is a, a great wrestler on his feet. I was I was surprised when he hadn't scored by the first period. Ramazan, he kept it tight. Um, and, I mean, that's what you want to see out of him. You, like you said, losing my bonus points, that can swing a dual meet. At that point, at 133 and even at 165, you don't know which way this thing is going to go. So if you can keep those matches to decisions, that's huge for once you get toward 197 and heavyweight. And one, another match I did want to mention was at 184 with Marcus Coleman and Dakota gear. Marcus Coleman is ranked number eight. Dakota gear was ranked number nine and Dakota gear is a two-time all American, I believe. And Coleman beat him eight to three. Didn't allow a takedown, got three takedowns himself. And that was a massive match for Marcus Coleman. I don't know if it necessarily helps his confidence because like you mentioned earlier, he's been confident this season. We've seen a different Marcus Coleman um, but what it does show for the rest of us is that Marcus Coleman's for real. He believed he was for real. I think it's really easy for the rest of us now to believe he's for real, that he is truly an all American contender. He's beating all Americans handily without surrendering takedowns. And if he can continue to put together the season he's put together, I would not be surprised to see him on the podium come March. He, uh, the way he's wrestling, it makes me think of a conversation I had with Kyvin Gadsden, um, I don't even know how long ago it was now, but his whole thing, Kyvin's thing was about the key was, uh, finding a way to wrestle. Uh, wow. I can't get the words out to wrestle free was his thing. He wanted to be able to wrestle free, which is just, you know, you go out there and you enjoy it. And it's not about necessarily the, how you want to come out of it. It's that you are enjoying yourself. And I feel like that's what Marcus is doing because like you said, I don't think these wins are necessarily like, giving him confidence. Like when we talk about Isaac judge gaining confidence as he continues to win, Marcus truly is there. I think he, when he's getting ready and he's in the tunnel and about to come out, he knows he is Marcus Coleman. He is good. He will go in and have a dominant win. And that is super exciting to have, I think in the wrestling room, because it probably is really encouraging for the guys to have someone like David Carr and have someone mm -hmm. like Marcus Coleman. Um, so yes, huge win for him a very convincing win. Um, I know this match was one of those where it was going to be a test just because they're both ranked eight and nine. So it was just having someone right at the same level as him. So for him to do it eight to three versus a three to one win, I think yep. is really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Three, one, a three, two win doesn't quite feel as right, but when you get three takedowns, I think that goes to your point where he's just, he's wrestling free. He's not afraid to take a shot. He's, he's willing to get in there. He's willing to scrap for takedowns. Um, I think that says a lot about where Marcus Coleman is right now. Um, and I'm excited to see where he takes it from here. Um, I think that's really the only thing that I wanted to touch on from Oklahoma state um, with the two wins against Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Iowa state has, skyrocketed, not really skyrocketed. They're ranked number seven, <laughs> but they have skyrocketed to number five in the coaches poll, which is the highest ranking since Kevin Jackson's first year at Iowa state, 2009, 10, when Iowa state was preseason number two. So, um, talk to your kids about the number 10 or the number five Iowa state cyclones. <laughs> get it right. Get it right. Number five. 
Um, I think Iowa state definitely has a lot of eyes on them. I think the exciting part for me was after the Oklahoma state duel, I had, Honestly, I had a few texts. Uh, my Slack with my TGS friends was blowing up with questions about, you know, is this like, how big is this? Um, just, just asking questions about the duel, what it means, um, wanting to learn more about um, how Iowa State came out of it. Like, why were they able to do it this time compared to others? So I think it's a very exciting time because people who don't normally listen are listening. Yeah, and absolutely. That's exciting. For sure. And then talking about people who don't run the list and that are listening now, they some casual fans might not be as familiar with how wrestling works and how seating works and um, how expectation, what expectations fans should have for Iowa State now. So Iowa State is a top five dual meet team. That's different than a tournament. Iowa State right now has a very, very good dual meet team. And what I mean by that is, Top to bottom, 1 to 10, 125 through heavyweight. Iowa State has solid wrestlers at every single weight that can win matches. That gets, that's going to bode well for a dual meet setting where um, matchups, matchups create dual meets. So Iowa State's going to match up well with almost everyone because Iowa State doesn't really have a hole. So there's not going to be a match where, oh, well, that's going to be six points for the other team because the person's going to get pinned. No, they're going to keep it like we mentioned against Oklahoma State. They're going to keep it to a decision. The not quite as good guys. And then guys like David Carr, guys like Marcus Coleman, Younger Bastida, Kyson Tarakina, Ian Parker, Jarrett Dagan. If they are heavily favored against a guy, they're going to go out and get bonus points. That bodes well for a dual meet setting. Now, when the NCAA tournament rolls around, that's going to be interesting because right now Intermat has Iowa state ranked, I believe number 11 for tournament rankings and to be a good tournament team, you can have a few holes for your tournament team. Like you cannot have a guy at 65. That's not really going to affect your tournament score. What's going to affect your tournament score is guys who place really highly. So top, the top three teams at the NCAA tournament, at the end of the year, top five teams, whatever you want to go to are going to have three, four, five, all Americans, and one or two champions, the winner is probably going to have seven, eight All-Americans, maybe more, and three to four champions. Iowa State, in my opinion right now, doesn't quite have the high-end firepower to be a great tournament team. They're a very good dual meet team, but right now I think David Carr, you could pencil in as an NCAA finalist and potential back-to-back champion. Marcus Coleman has put himself into the All-American conversation, but that's just a champion, not just, that's a champion and an All-American. I don't know who else Ian Parker has all American capability. Jarrett Dagan has all American capability, but right now I'm not sure that's a fair expectation of them. So I'm not sure that they can reach that threshold and reach that bar. So I don't know where Iowa state finishes in the tournament ranking. So come March, Iowa state finishes in that seven, eight range. I wouldn't be that surprised just because right now it appears that they're a better dual meet team than a tournament team. And I think the important thing with that is, is that um, in general, when you look at the end of the season and you look back at how Iowa State did, they have continued to improve and grow. And I think it, the fact that they've started to really clean up key things like the keeping losses at a decision and having someone stand out other than David Carr um, are definitely setting them up 
to eventually get there at the NCAAs. But yeah, like you said, it is an important difference. And I think that's where casual fans can kind of get a little lost and that's okay. It's, it's a lot to follow with the sport of wrestling. So yeah, wrestling has a lot of weird intricacies that other sports don't like when you get to the, when Iowa state men's basketball gets the NCAA tournament, it's no different than a normal game for them because all five guys are still playing on the same team. They're going to go out and play against the other five guys. And it's just a normal game. Wrestling isn't quite like that. You're not wrestling dual meets to determine champions. You're wrestling individuals to determine champions. And Iowa state has a few top end individuals, but they don't have three, four, five, six top five guys. They have two arguably. So um, we'll see what happens in a tournament type setting. Like for example, Minnesota is ranked, I think like number 15 or something in the coaches poll, which is the dual meet rankings. I would not be surprised if they finish as a top 10, top seven team come the tournament because they have some really top end wrestlers, but they have a lot of holes in their lineup because they don't have a full necessarily a full team. So, um, top to bottom. So it's just little intricacies like that, that make wrestling a little bit confusing, but we, me and Jackie, we're here to help guide you (laughs) and bring you along with us. Yes, absolutely. I I think that's my favorite part. You and I talked about this uh, personally, but it's exciting to have people curious. It's exciting. uh, The tweets and the messages that we're getting about uh, learning good old Connor, sweet, sweet baby Connor, Connor (laughs) Ferguson. He just became a full-time employee for cycle fanatic. He texted me his feedback over our episode last week. And he taught me that he told me that we taught him what an escape was. I think it was. <laughs> so I think it was yeah. a reversal. He didn't order. It was a reversal. Was. All right. Yeah, Connor, so. <laughs> when you're listening, I'm sorry, but no, I love Connor and I'm excited that we get to teach people and also have a, have that outlet for our diehards to listen to us talk about fun things like finally defeating Oklahoma state and nothing gets better than having John Smith go into the presser and say they were the average team of the weekend. Yeah. That's, Um, that's a statement from John Smith, which for those of you who might not have seen this uh, with Oklahoma state's losses this weekend to um, you and I, and Iowa state, this was the first time they had consecutive home dual losses since 1993. Wow. That's when I was I wasn't born. even, al- I wasn't even alive. <laughs> I was just born. Yikes. <laughs> Not to show our ages, I guess, but yeah. So yeah, Oklahoma state's having a rough weekend. And honestly, if all- <laughs> I love John Smith, I personally, Oh, he's fantastic. Love the guy. He, um, but for him to have to go into that press conference and say, yep, uh, the state of Iowa put it to us. So Really, really enjoyed reading all of his quotes because, yeah, good for you and I. Good for you and I as well. They're definitely making a point to let people know they are not just some low team. Yeah, no, you and I, they always have that little bit of chip on their shoulder where the top-end wrestlers in the state of Iowa tend to go to Iowa and Iowa State. So you and I gets the quote-unquote leftovers. But what Doug Schwab has done with you and I, and Iowa State wrestles you and I in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about it more. What Doug Schwab has done with that team, he has a chip on his own shoulder. He gets his wrestlers to wrestle with a chip on their shoulder, and they'll go toe-to-toe and scrap with anyone in the country. Um, they don't back down from anyone. 
And they're a really, really fun team to watch just because they get after it so hard. And they do have that underdog type of mentality because you're right. Iowa state and Iowa are the two prominent division one teams in the state of Iowa in all sports, including wrestling. But what Doug Schwab has done has put year after year, he's put you and I in that conversation of, Hey, we're here too. And we should be recognized. So um, that'll be fun to talk about in a couple of weeks. Yes. So sucks to suck to be Oklahoma state this weekend and <laughs> Oklahoma yeah, um, tough weekend. <laughs> well, the action is definitely not over. Iowa state is hosting West Virginia on Friday and air force on Sunday or Saturday. Um, so back-to-back duels will be fun to be back in Hilton. I think the key thing about these matches is that people get an opportunity to go to Hilton and watch Iowa state win. Yeah, no, Iowa state's going to win pretty handily. Both teams are overmatched compared to Iowa state. Now I would have said that before the Oklahoma weekend, um, West Virginia is not fantastic. They have a few good wrestlers. I think the most notable wrestler is the 125 pounder Killian Cardinale. He's ranked number five. Um, so I'm interested in that Kyson Terakina match because Kyson just beat number six, Trevor master Giovanni. So can he continue his, um, little, I mean, it's a one match winning streak. Can he continue wrestling at a high level against top end competition? Uh, I looked at who Killian Cardinale has wrestled this year and he hasn't wrestled any top end guys. So I'm confused a little bit by his number five ranking. Um, he's his one loss at the one time he wrestled a top, the top guy was number 14, Patrick McKee from Minnesota. And he lost that match by medical forfeit. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond that, he's only wrestled like a couple number 30 fringe ranked guys. And he won those handily. So I get it a little bit. And last year he had some good wins, but he hasn't had any notable wins this year. So I'm not sure how legitimate that number five ranking is. I think this match against Kyson will tell us a little bit more. This will be really his first match against uh, one of those, another ranked opponent. So I'm interested in that 125 match and then 165, they have Peyton Hall. We'll see what Isaac judge can do against him. Can Isaac, that'd be a really big win for Isaac. If he could pull off a win there, that'd really go a long way in getting um, an allocation for him at 165. And then at heavyweight, um, they got Michael Wolfgram and he's ranked number 23. Um, Sam Schuyler for Iowa state is ranked, I think 21. So, um, we'll see if Sam can continue his winning streak against these similarly ranked wrestlers. So, um, but besides that, Iowa state heavily outmatches West Virginia. And I don't expect that match to be close or that dual meet to be close at all. Uh, it should be somewhere in that 30 to three, 30 to six range, um, mm-hmm. depending on how a few of these matches shake out, but, um, that should be a pretty easy win for Iowa state. I think. And I feel like it'll be the same thing when we look over at uh, the Air Force. I think Air Force is going to be a little bit worse. The Air Force is going to have a real tough time. (laughs) They're three and four right now. Yeah. And one of those four losses came against Oklahoma State and they lost 45 to zero. So I'm not saying Iowa State's going to beat the Air Force 45 to zero, but I will say if Air Force gets a win, that would be a little bit surprising to me. Um, I think Iowa state should win something to zero, probably in that 36 <laughs> to 40 range to zero. Um, but yeah, air force is going to have a tough Saturday, I think. Well, for perspective, air force lost to Oklahoma state 45 to nothing. Yeah. 
Yep, exactly. So, so it'll it'll be you know nice little weekend in Hilton. <laughs> yeah. Now I will give Air Force credit for this. They lost to North Dakota State twenty-one to sixteen, which is closer than I would have expected. So I'll give them some credit for that. They kept it close against North Dakota State, but uh, I'm not sure that's going to translate to the match against Iowa State. I think Iowa State should pretty easily handle. Uh, what are they? The Falcons, I think the Air Force Falcons. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, if you want to watch a win and some domination, because David Carr is going to have a heyday against both these teams. Um, this could be a fun weekend for you. I think younger Bastida is going to have a heyday too. We saw it against his match against Gavin stick of Oklahoma state when younger is significantly better than his opponent. Boy, he puts on a takedown clinic and it's fun to watch. He just, I really like when you watch him literally just like pick the guy up and just slam him down because you can, I feel like that's when you can physically see it. Like his arms are about to burst from yeah. just how strong he is. So I feel bad for these guys. They, <laughs> they will not have a fun weekend. No. They will not. <laughs> nope. They're going to, they're gonna, it's going to be rough. And I think, I think both of them, Air Force for sure. Yeah. Air Force is going to UNI after yes. they wrestle Iowa State. And oh boy, so is West Virginia. So that'll be you and I might have some fun too. You know, Iowa State, you and I just coming together <laughs> <laughs> and just putting these teams to shame, which will Ruining only weekends. Make, they will make next weekend fun for us. So very fun. Um any last thoughts you have? I don't think so. I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah. This is this upcoming weekend is kind of the carryover weekend before we get to the UNI one. So get through this weekend without any injuries, get through it. Um, as we expect in dominating fashion, and it should set up a great, great weekend, um, against you and I, you know, and I think they're feeling themselves, which they should, they, they should, should feel yes. themselves. They, they absolutely deserve it. Kevin dresser deserves to walk around in his sweater with a pep in his step. <laughs> Love his sweaters. I love that that is a staple. I need them to bring back the excitement of it on Twitter. Um, I'll have to share my inquiry with Ryan, our SID for Iowa yes, State Wrestling. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't believe the season's so close to being done. We're going to hit you and I, and then Missouri will end the season, the dual season with Missouri. We is are not it? far away. Thank goodness. Yeah. And then it's it the last done. chance open. Oh, boy. <laughs> speaking if of marcus you, if you know Coleman you know with a, the last chance open yeah. if you know you know <laughs> shout out shout out to marcus coleman yeah. um, uh stalemates has a really great t-shirt i believe it's a t-shirt that says last chance open champions Champion. i think is yes. what it says. yeah it does <laughs> shout out to zach bogle for that one <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, but, a whole, that's a whole nother conversation well I don't know if that we'll get into that, but yeah, last chance open that, that has a rich history. Uh, yeah. So exciting, exciting waking up ahead with some easy wins. Um, so yeah, Ben, thank you so much for absolutely. It's my pleasure for being here. <laughs> um, thanks guys for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'll, I will be in attendance, uh, for both duels this weekend. So if you're there, feel free to say, Hey, um, otherwise follow along on cycling fanatic, uh, for live updates and we'll talk to you guys next week.